Our reading for today is the 23rd chapter of Matthew. I hope that you have had time to read that chapter and think about it and pray over it for yourself. Jesus has here concluded his series of parables against the the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees. You know, we've mentioned that uh, there are five major teaching sections in the Gospel of Matthew. That's one thing that kind of sets the Gospel of Matthew uh, apart from the other Gospels is that there is so much more of the teaching of Jesus, the parables, uh, prominent in Matthew. Um, but he's just come through one of those sections, and you know, a lot of those parables the 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 main point is sometimes obscured uh, intentionally but now Jesus in, in chapter 23 speaks very plainly and openly and pronounces as he puts it woe seven different times on the hardened and unrepentant hearts of the scribes and Pharisees and Sadducees but we re- we should read this chapter and not just point our fingers at the Pharisees and see how wicked we think that they are, but notice that we have a lot of Pharisee in our own hearts, and so we should listen to this this message as well. Just a couple of points that I want to point out from chapter 23. Uh, one, I guess, at the beginning, I would summarize it this way, that the Bible is still authoritative no matter who is preaching. To put it differently, Scripture has the authority, not the preacher. So... Um, Scripture, no matter who is preaching, Scripture is true and trustworthy. Jesus begins this chapter with some interesting words to the crowds and his disciples regarding the scribes and the Pharisees. He recognizes, if you're looking at your Bible in verse 2, that they, the scribes and the Pharisees, they sit on Moses' seat, meaning they do hold the official position of being teachers and interpreters of the Bible to the people. The Bible that they had at that time, was only what we call the Old Testament. Obviously, the New Testament had not been written yet, so they sat on Moses' seat. They were the authorities, spiritual authorities in a sense. They had the learning. They supposedly had the knowledge and the training to be the official interpreters of God's communication to us through His Word. Jesus will spend the rest of the chapter rebuking the teachers But before pronouncing woe seven times on them, he says something that I think is kind of interesting in verse 3. In verse 3, he says, quote, So practice and observe whatever they tell you, but not what they do. Practice and observe whatever they tell you, but not what they do. That's interesting to me. I think what he's saying is, at least in part, that God's word is still clear and authoritative no matter who's preaching it. And you always need to be a discerning listener. My mind can't help but be drawn to the book of Acts when in chapter 17 of Acts, Paul preached to the people in the town of Berea. Paul had just been run out of Thessalonica for preaching the gospel there, and they didn't like the message, and so he moved on to the next town, which was Berea. And in the middle of that account in Acts 17, verses 10 to 15, we read this statement. Now the Jews, these Jews uh, in Berea, were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, and here's the important phrase, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things spoken by Paul were so. 
This essentially teaches the same truth that Jesus presents in Matthew 23, 3, but in reverse. In Matthew 23, 3, Jesus tells the people not to ignore or disbelieve the Bible just because of the inadequacy or the hypocrisy of the teacher or preacher. In Acts 17, 11, the Bereans were more noble because they didn't blindly accept what Paul said about the Bible just because he was the famous missionary and apostle Paul. No matter who is preaching it or teaching it, it is our responsibility to read the Bible for ourselves so that we're not led into error when or if error is preached, and also so that we can be even more firmly convinced of the truth when the truth is preached. So God has made his word plain, and it's up to us to pick it up and read it. So even if you should be listening to someone preach or teach the scriptures and they say something you Based on what God's Word says, you disagree with what they said, you can still rejoice in, in the truth that Scripture plainly teaches. The Bible is still authoritative no matter who is preaching. I guess the second thing that I would want to uh, look at here in chapter 23 is the most prominent aspect of it, which is the rebuke of the scribes and the Pharisees. Uh, the remainder of this chapter, verses 13 through 36 is an extended and sustained rebuke by Jesus of the scribes and Pharisees. In fact, he, like I said, he pronounces woe on them seven times. I don't think that's accidental. I believe that as seven in Scripture is usually a, a number signifying completeness in the Bible, the seven woes here signify a pronouncement of complete and full woe, that is, grief, distress, affliction, on them. Now, it's easy to read this entire section of the chapter in the wrong spirit, like I alluded to earlier. We often see the scribes and the Pharisees as the bad guys, and we're on the good side with Jesus. And so whenever we see Jesus letting the scribes and the Pharisees have it, we respond inwardly with a sense of uh, prideful satisfaction. Man, they were, look, they were bad. Man, they really deserved that. We, read, we need to realize that while we may be born again and forgiven in Christ, all of us are in danger of and sometimes are guilty of the same sinful actions or attitudes of the Pharisees. We are all Pharisees by nature. And while Jesus pronounces woe uh, seven different times on them, many of them center on one fatal characteristic. And that is love of self rather than love of God. In 2 Timothy 3, Paul warned Timothy about people who were, quote, lovers of self and lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. This was the root problem of the Pharisees. They loved to be, as he, as he says in verse 5, Matthew 23, 5, they loved to be seen by others. They loved the place of honor, Jesus said. They loved the best seats in worship. They loved the attention that they received um, and greetings in the marketplaces uh, and were recognized and called rabbi by the people. That's verses 6 and 7. They loved themselves, and no matter how righteous they appeared to be on the outside to other people, Jesus knew that they were spiritually blind and dead on the inside. That, that is seen throughout this chapter, uh, verses 16, 19, and 23 through 28. I mean, that's a word for all of us. We're, we are all tempted to love ourselves too much. Scripture tells us that over and over again. 
And the more we love ourselves, the less we love our Lord. So I guess the lesson for us today in Matthew 23 is humbly ask the Holy Spirit today to help you take a thorough inventory and assessment of your heart and ask him to help you love yourself less and less and love the Lord more today. And, and usually um, that comes in the reverse order of which I just said it. Typically, the more we set our eyes upon the Lord, the more we love him. And by implication, we love ourselves less. The Pharisees could quote more scripture than most of us. The Pharisees gave a greater percentage of their income in offerings than most of us. The Pharisees were more regular in worship than most of us. But they were nothing more than whitewashed tombs, according to Jesus, that looked beautiful on the outside, but in reality, according to Jesus in verse 27, were full of dead people's bones. So no wonder the Proverbs tell us in Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. That is Matthew 23.